Welcome back to another episode of Beneath It All. This is your host, Suzanne Gurry. And today I'm joined by the one and only Brad Davidson. Brad, thank you for being here with me. Happy to be here. Let's do this thing. Let's get it started. So how's your day going so far? It's been a great day. I have a busy Mondays and Wednesdays. So I actually had four classes today. So wow. just done with my last class. Um, always good to get through those. Always good to get through those. It's always, we always have busy days as student athletes. It's oh man, you can you say know? that again. So busy. How do you how do you maintain that? How do you stay you know focused throughout those days of hard classes? First of all, you gotta make sure you get good night's rest. I think that's one thing that I've done a lot better at prioritizing um, this school year, especially this year. Um, getting a good night's rest, so you can stay energized, um, and then just kind of start. One thing I'm very mindful about is trying to stay present um, in every moment I'm in, not yeah. just on the basketball court, but especially yeah. in school. Right. So a lot of times where your mind can wander. Um, I think there's there's power in being present um, in the present moment. Right. I love how you're very mature. And you're, like you say, you're very mindful. That's mm. important. We don't, a lot of student athletes don't be mindful about sleeping, eating, you know, drinking a lot of water. As of right now, you're drinking a gallon of water. That's, <laughs> that's awesome. You know, that's something that's very mindful. Mm-hmm. Uh, what time do you usually go to bed at night? Try to get to bed before 1030. 1030? Mm-hmm. Awesome, awesome. That's dope. How do you stay on that Try to be proactive. proactive. So there's a lot of certain there's certain exceptions yeah. um, where sometimes you stay up a little later. Right. Um, but I always try to be proactive. So there's certain things that I try to get done by 10 o'clock. So then I can um, I always kind of read a book before I go to mm-hmm. bed, depending on what book I'm in. Um, so just trying to be proactive and make sure I get everything else that I need to get done before that time period, so I can go to bed at that time. And I'm a morning person, okay. so I get up at six every morning. There's six or six thirty, depending on what day it is. Um, so I try to be stru- as much structure in my day as I can. Structure, yeah, that helps you out a lot. You know, mm-hmm. get to bed early. Big time. Wow, that's that's dope. That's dope. Let's kind of gear this conversation back to what I want to kind of focus on, which is like the failures and success you've had mm-hmm. in your lifetime. So talk to me. Define failure in your your mind. What do you think failure means to you? Man, you know, I think there's a lot of different ways you can look at failure. Um, you know, I think when I first got here, I would have said failure is coming up short. Failure is not reaching your expectations or not fulfilling or achieving a goal that you had. Um, and I think over the kind of my maturity process in college now is I think there's a lot of truth um, in that struggles and failures are truly opportunities for growth. Mm. Um, they're opportunities for you to learn, uh, opportunities to grow, whether it's physically, mentally, spiritually. Uh, I think there's power. I think there can be joy found um, in struggle and failure. Yeah. I mean, you bring up a huge point. I mean, like, there's obviously you have your own definition of failure, but like, you know, those moments really tell you who you are. Adversity mm-hmm. really shows you and that's how you really grow. Talk to me about a time in your lifetime where you've failed. Not just on the basketball court, but yeah. you know, off of it. Yeah. There's a lot of them. Um, <laughs> some ways I can say that. I would say one thing that always resonates with me is my first exam in college. Mm. So I came in from high school. Um, I had a 4.0 GPA in high school. Right. I held myself to a very high standard. Thought I worked really hard to get that GPA. Mm. Um, and my first exam was a psych, psych 202 psychology exam. And I studied, I went to every class, took notes, um, studied for it the same way I studied for a high school exam. Yeah. Uh, night before, went through my notes, read the book, went 
doing the test, feeling confident, and I was lucky. And I to scratch 40% on the exam. Tough. Absolute pure luck to do as well as I did. Um, and I remember just being, you know, that was, for me, that was failure at that time because yeah. I was trying to hold myself to this very high standard that I thought that I was very much capable of right. doing right. the same habits and the same patterns and study right. habits that I had coming in from high school. Um, and so that was one time that'll always stick with me. But then through that, it kind of taught me the ins and outs of college. Okay, uh, you know, there there's uh, Academically, there's definitely some ins and outs. You got to get the hang of to make sure you're prepared for exams right. and you get all your assignments done and this and that. Um, but you know, that's one thing that I'll always remember is just that the jump. Exam. The first exam that kind of slapped you in the face <laughs> and like, all right, this is, you're not in maple right, gold. Right you're not in, in high school anymore. Yeah. Um, it's time to lock in a little bit more. Right. I mean, I think a lot of us, too, in my experience as well, is the exams are hard. Oh. You know, you don't know what's going to come for you, but they're a lot mm -hmm. different in high school. So what How did you What did you learn from that exam? What did you learn academically? Well, what it forced me to do is then I kind of get outside of my comfort zone and go introduce myself to the professor. All right. And because for me personally, like, no one likes failure. Yeah. Um, and for me personally, like, I hate losing. And I kind of look at school... The way I really stay interested in school is I look at it as a game. I mean, it's a game you're trying to win okay. and a game you're trying to get the most out of. Um, so I went and talked to him and asked him, what can I do to make sure that this doesn't happen again? Because I don't like that. I don't like looking at that score in my grade book. I don't like that feeling. So I had to go um, interact with him, which I think as a freshman, I was just fine. I sit in the front left of my classes. I was just fine chilling, sitting there, letting it go by. Um, but it kind of forced me to go out of my comfort zone and go seek help, seek help um, yeah. from, you know, a, uh, an authority figure, a superior guy in that classroom. Um, and so he gave me some ins and outs to different, different yeah. strategies to study, yeah. um, different ways to take notes. Um, and by the end, I got my grade back where I wanted it to be. So. I like how you use the analogy or the metaphor. It's, school is like a game. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. You kind of relate it back to your sport. Mm -hmm. Which you do the same thing. You know, you got to give all you got and you right. don't want to fail. So that's awesome that you took your best foot forward by introducing yourself to the professor. Mm -hmm. Saying, hey, I fell on this exam, but I don't want to fail on the next one. Right. And then, so you're like, all right, I'm, I'm a conqueror. And that's, it's, that's from awesome. that, it's the opportunity for growth that we talked about earlier. Opportunity for growth. Mm -hmm. Every time. You got to go for it and learn from your last mistake. Right. So how, what, so how is your, your schooling now as you're a junior, going to your junior year? What, how is it? School now has gotten a lot more exciting for me. So I'm in the business school. I'm yes. studying management and human resources. Um, in the first two years at our business school, you kind of take all the prereqs, they're right, called. Right. So marketing, finance, accounting, uh, real estate. So you get to take kind of a broad, um, just broad courses in the business school. Yeah. And what's cool now is I'm kind of getting more into my narrow focus into management and human resources. and. Okay. Uh, communication and that kind of thing. So instead of busy work, I get to do like actual case studies. Um, a lot more discussion based, a lot of more communication, interaction based. Um, so I'm really enjoying it. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. And then we spoke about it before that you know you want to do more human development. You want to actually become a coach, correct? 
Yes, that is correct. That's, that's awesome. Do you mm-hmm. want to be a college coach or a high school coach? What kind of coach do you want to so be? So ever since I was young, I've always wanted to be a college basketball coach. Um, mm-hmm. It's something that when I was younger, my parents coached myself, but also coached my two older sisters who okay. played basketball. And so at every single one of their games, I would sit at the front of the bench with my whistle around yeah. my neck and my clipboard. Um, and so it's, it's been a passion of mine ever since I was very young and something that I even feel stronger about yeah. now. You have two sisters. You said that, right? I do. So, which does one play in college right now? They both play at the University of Northern Iowa. Okay. Um, but they've actually both graduated. So Stephanie, the oldest, lives out in Philadelphia with her family. Um, her new baby boy turned seven wow. months today. Um, and then her husband plays for the Eagles. So they're okay. out there. And then Angie is a fifth grade teacher at yeah. Edge uh, Edinburgh, which okay. is a an elementary school in our district yeah, back yeah, home. Yeah. yeah, there you go. District two seven nine. Same town. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she's there and. Okay. Love and life there, yeah. So growing up, you saw them, you know, probably fail multiple times. Mm. Um, what kind of failures did you see them go through that you learned from them? You know, I think, I think as athletes, there's a lot of when you're in a lot of competition, it opens up a lot of opportunity for failure. Yeah. You yeah. know, whether that's each game, each practice, each possession. Um, and, you know, I think I kind of saw them mature through it all from kind of an outsider's perspective. Yeah. Um, and the fact that they got to go through the high school basketball phase, the AAU phase, and the college basketball phase before I really got into it, I think I learned a lot from just not only witnessing their highs and lows, but just kind of taking in the whole experience. Yeah. Um, and you kind of get to see it from kind of a bird's eye a view. Bird's and that having the bird's eye view perspective um, of people that you're close to is kind of like I compare it to is kind of you kind of get like kind of a worldly perspective and there's kind of a God perspective that you can look yeah. at things from um, and so I think just kind of being able to witness the whole experience not just the failures but also the highs I don't know. Um, it kind of grounded me and, and enabled me to look at things from a new perspective as well yeah so you talked about a little bit of success can you define success in your terms Hmm. I think success when I first came to college would be winning mm. um, at all costs. Yeah, that was yeah. something that I was focused on, and that's what I wanted to do. I've never really been about individual accomplishments. It was more I just wanted to win, win and that was kind of what it was. Um, but now I think success is making an impact, mm. um, a positive impact. What made you shape that as your definition? I think it's because of the successes and failures you go through. Mm. You know, I think there's a lot of things in life that are kind of temporary. Oh, yeah. Um, and so when you look at if your success is scoring 20 points or if your success is winning 20 games, once you hit that brink, there's another goal that you're trying to strive for. There's yeah. another level you're trying to go to. Um, and so for me personally, when I see if I define success like that, you know, I'm never going to be able to find joy in that. Mm-mm. And if I say define failure as just losing, you, you're going to continue to lose. It's yeah. inevitable. Yeah. Um, and so those feelings and those highs and lows are so temporary. Yeah. Um, and so I think as I've gone through my first years of college um, and matured, Mentally, physically, I've also matured a lot spiritually. Yeah. And I've been able to kind of look at it from this different perspective where I'm not necessarily going for temporary joy anymore. Yeah. Like yeah. I have an eternal joy in Jesus that I can 
put my anchor in. Um, and so I think that's kind of what has changed and altered my definition and perspective on success and failure. Brad, this is this is awesome because we come on the same pedestal. You know, I've been through the highs and the lows as well, but I realized too that, that God is my resource. He's the one that mm. I go to no matter if I fail or succeed. I got to stay at a, a, a level, you know, remain at that level. You know, right. I'm not going to let my circumstances control my happiness, right? Mm. And I think that's, that's awesome that we've both kind of realized that and are still going to, you know, go through mm-hmm. things. But um, this is an awesome experience that we both get to go through as college students. Mm. Um, obviously, you've played at the highest level, you know, at big, playing the Big Ten, you know, mm-hmm. playing against good teams, um, you know, winning and losing, like I said. How have you continued to maintain your relationship with the Lord, with God? Mm. You know, I think it's just keeping him in the forefront. Yes. Um, I think there's a lot of there's a lot of humanly desires, selfish desires, and Ooh. flesh desires that kind of try to pull you away. And the devil tries to do that too. Oh. Yeah. Um, with all sorts of external circumstances that you necessarily can't really control. Yeah. Um, so one thing that I've seen very helpful is I try to surround myself um, with a yeah, great community, community um, a great community that not only builds me up and encourages me, but also holds me accountable and holds me in check. Amen. Um, and that are pulling me towards the right things and that are pulling me towards and building up and edifying myself and our relationship, but also with my relationship with the Lord. Um, so that's, you know, that's teammates, that's mentors, that's our athletes in action group. Um, that's my sisters, that's yeah. my family. Yeah. Um, and so there's a very strong community-based, faith-based, tight circle mm-hmm. around me. Um, that yeah. can kind of helps me block out all the outside hula. Right, the outside hula is the correct mm. phrase to use. I mean, because obviously, you know, being a big time athlete, you have a lot of, you know, women, even men, always coming at you, you mm-hmm. know, and saying or making you seem as this big god. Right. You know what I'm saying? And like, as you're just someone that's bigger than them, really the same person as them. You're mm-hmm. just playing basketball, playing the game that you love. Mm-hmm. And I'm happy that you're able to like, you know, still continue that relationship with the right. Lord and, and not let those outside of distraction because we're going to always have distractions no mm. matter what we do um, but, but God is continuing to be your source um, obviously you spoke about athletes in action um, can you kind of elaborate on athletes in action and how that's uh, been a great you know community space for you yeah being in college when I first came to college there were certain priorities that I had first of all was to find a good church community to be in so I went to I went to Blackhawk where I still go with met Pastor Matt Metzger and his family and gotten really close and there was also I wanted to find a community of athletes that I could be around and hang out with Um, and so that's what Athletes in Action was for me initially Um, it was strictly a community a safe place where I could go to um, and just hang out and be with friends and be with to meet new people but also interact with people from other sports you can see all all the time Um, but now actually I became a leader of Athletes in Action this right, year, which is, right. um, you know, very humbling and a super cool opportunity where we get to not only get poured into at the meetings, but then in small groups and Bible yeah. studies and discussions, we then get to pour out, which right. is really what being a Christian. Because you lead a Bible study now, right? I do. I do. Okay. Mm-hmm. And what days do those like? You know? uh, Thursday nights. Uh, we do it at our apartment. And it's for all men's student athletes. Um, yeah, and it's just a super cool opportunity to create again create a safe place. Yeah. We call it a refuge uh, where we can just have deep, intentional conversations. Right. Right. Um, and not only develop 
um, our relationships with one, with one another and encourage each other, yeah. um, but also edify and strengthen our relationship with the sure. Lord in those times. Yeah. Um, for those who don't actually know either, you also journal. You know, you journal a lot. Mm. Um, can you try to talk about that? Yeah, uh, for me personally, I love journaling. Mm. Um, Journaling's awesome. I, I think I, I don't know when, I think I, I started my senior year of high school. Okay. Um, well, actually, when I first, my sisters, mm. um, my senior year of high school, when I first gave my life to Christ is when I began to journal. Um, but my sisters have always, I think my sisters have always journaled. Yeah. I'm not sure when they started, but that's where I got it from. Okay. Um, and so kind of what I've journaled about and kind of how that's looked has changed over time. There's a point in my life where I would just write letters to people and not give it to them. Just, just if that's something on my heart, I would write them or like, um, so it's kind of, it, it looks different. Do you um, now give those letters to people when you write? Every once in a while I do. Um, but now... I usually do it on some sort of scripture. Yeah, yeah. And I just kind of see what the spirit brings to mind. Okay. Um, and then sometimes when when you put it on paper, um, I think it's a great way that God can speak to you through yes. that. It says the Holy Spirit intercedes for us in our thoughts. Um, so when you put your thoughts on paper, it's kind of a visual representation. Okay. You, uh, when you injured your shoulder last year, correct? Yeah. Freshman year. Freshman year? Okay. Mm-hmm. Freshman year. There was like an article that came out that said that, you know, you use your journal to really you know, go to God and be in communion with him. Can you kind of talk about that experience? Mm-hmm. So I, um, yeah, I hurt my shoulder freshman year a few times. Yeah, um, yeah. But after surgery, I started a, a journal where I'd count the days till I got to come back to playing basketball. Okay. Um, and for me, it was kind of... It was a devotional, but it was also a journal where it was, um, I was just kind of, I wanted to keep track of how my shoulder felt because there was certain Mm. deadlines and tasks that they wanted me to achieve at certain times, and I wanted to beat all. I wanted to be ahead of schedule at all costs. Yeah. Um, And so it was a way for me to keep track of that, but also stay grounded in the fact that you know that story is already written, yeah. and that I'm exactly where I was supposed to be Amen. doing what I was supposed China. to be doing. Um, and so, because I think it's very easy to lose sight of that mm. and to lose gratitude when you go through a struggle like that and yeah. or suffering like that. Um, but you know, it also says there's pure joy in suffering Amen. because from suffering produces perseverance, and through perseverance right. produces character, and through character we have hope in Jesus. You um, speaking facts right now, Brad? Yeah, I like it. I like um, it. So that was what it was for me. Yeah. So kind of going back to success and failure, would you call that injury or would you say that injury was more of a success for you because you were able to build a more intimate and personal relationship with the Lord? You know, I think in the moment, there's no way I would have said yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but now looking back? But looking back on it, you know, I know that I wouldn't be the person I am today physically, mentally or spiritually yeah. if I didn't go through yeah. Not only that struggle, but just those seasons of my life. Um, not only the injury, but what came with it playing, what came yeah. with it off the court, what came with it then last year, not being you know, able to work out all summer until yeah. the first game where I got to play contact. So like, there's a lot right, of, right. you know, those failures don't necessarily, it's not just one season of your life. Hmm. You know, it affects the ones to come. Yeah. And I think it not only does it affect performance, but more importantly, it, uh, it affects perspective. Yes. And I think perspective is... You know, the most powerful thing that one can have. 
when talking about perspective, perspective is huge in college. I feel like it because, mm-hmm. like you said, we go through ups and downs, but it's how you see those, mm-hmm. those good and those bad. You gotta see that. I feel like a, the same thing. God's preparing me. You know, He's putting me through this for a reason, mm-hmm. and it might be a season, it might be forever, but it's only teaching you through adversity. Mm-hmm. Brad, I kind of went in this conversation by saying thank you for being here in my podcast. I appreciate mm-hmm. it. I appreciate it all. This is a great conversation about failure and success. Um, let's tune into the next episode on um, SuzanneGillies.com. Uh, welcome to Beneath It All. Thank you all for being here. <laughs>